want to welcome into the Comics Experience Make Comics podcast, the show where we talk about the nuts and bolts of making comics. I'm Joey Gro. I'm joining Andy Schmidt to talk about New York Comic Con. Today is, uh, well, as of our recording, we're not in New York Comic Con, and it is it is upcoming. And New York Comic Con for CEX and Comics Experience uh, always seems to have such a, a great presence of folks that are obviously staff uh, that, like you, Andy, unfortunately this year, uh, you're not able to make it. But there's always Comics Experience alum, people associated, people in the orbit, and it's always a great time to catch up. So New York Comic Con, what is the CEX Comics Experience Outlook? Uh, well, we've got a couple of things uh, going on. Like you said, I won't be there. Uh, unfortunately, I have to go on vacation. Um, so that'll be really that'll be really tough on me. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I will be at the beach uh, drinking margaritas. Uh, so sorry, uh, so sorry. Yeah, that. I appreciate your condolences. <laughs> um, but uh, from comics experience, we uh, we are supposed to have a panel on Thursday uh, that I don't see on the schedule, and so I'm trying to confirm that they still want to do it. Uh, but we have uh, supposedly we have an art panel on Thursday, uh, which will be October 6th. We're we're recording this a few weeks out, even though it doesn't drop until the week before. <laughs> so hopefully that'll be confirmed by then. Um, yeah. Philip CV, our art instructor, is going to moderate it, and um, it'll have Klaus Jansen and Riley Brown and Joe Schmolke and Luciano Vecchio. Uh, That's a great I, lineup. Oh, and um, uh, uh, Jamal Eigel. Wow. Uh, is that it? I feel like maybe I'm forgetting. I feel like maybe there's one more and I'm a terrible human for not remembering, but yeah, we got, we've actually got like this killer, we've got this killer lineup, you know, from like established pros like Klaus yeah. to guys killing it making their own, their own way outside of Marvel and DC like Jamal and to, to, you know, Joe Schmalky who's doing like the, the indie route, but also killing it. And so, you know, but, but he's like, he's done it all and he like never did the dc so we've got this like great gamut of guys that have found all these different ways to use their art to make money and to further their name and to get on cooler cooler projects so that one will be really good and that one's really it's uh, sensibly it's really about the fundamentals of storytelling but i'm sure we'll get into that stuff because we we'll always do a q a yeah uh, by the end so that'll be super cool uh assuming it happens which i'm still assuming that it will um and then two of those guys, uh, Luciano Vecchio and Joe Schmolke, have tables uh, at New York Comic Con. So Joe is at table B14, and um, you know, we haven't announced this yet, so shh, don't tell anybody. Um, we will be announcing this around the time of this episode drops, but um, he's going to be doing a new project at CEX called Seven Years in Darkness. Mm. Um which the minute he pitched it to me, I was like, yep, I'm in. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's essentially, it's, an, it's a dark, evil version of Harry Potter where there is an, an evil wizarding school, essentially. Yeah. Um, and uh, the premise is, you know, they haven't had a new class come in in like a century. Um, and so this is the first new class. And 72 kids enter on the first day of school, year one, and seven years later when, when the school is over, only seven will survive dun 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 perfect right like That's and great pitch and it's really cool and so the the premise itself was great and then you know once i saw all the twists and turns he has planned for for the series so um but we are putting we're putting out an ash can a really super limited run of ash can which he'll be selling at his table which again is going to be 14 
um, and it'll run you it'll run you 10 bucks it's super cool if you're a horror fan at all or a harry potter fan that's looking for something a little different um but also a little similar uh you should definitely check it out go talk to him he's got tons of other great books that he's worked on uh, in the past we don't kill spiders the electric black with rich woodall all kinds of super cool stuff and then luciano uh vecchio is um this we are also announcing the week that this episode drops uh we are doing uh his book sereno uh, and he also will have an ash can of it uh, available for at his table, which is C4 uh, for $10. Again, super limited print run. Um, uh, and, you know, his is sort of this like this younger. It's like it's it. it I know what people say it's like it's a new take on superheroes uh, all the time. And it and it isn't. But it's a younger superhero <laughs> who's really like kind of optimistic. And he's, you know, he sort of brings light to this sort of like neo-noir sci-fi sort of city and and um and uh uh you know kind of world and all this sort of stuff so you know he's got uh, the way i when i read it, it like it reminds me of, like the best spider-man stories where like yeah there's all this cool stuff going on but it's like it's about like that you know kind of what's going on it's just, it's this teenager is kind of figuring out life mm-hmm. um so there's there's all that kind of stuff um you know and he's a, he's in uh, he's a he's a gay superhero and and so you know that's certainly a part of it though it's not like beating people over the head with that but mm-hmm. you know luciano has been you know a real advocate for lgbtq rights and so you know this is like a really personal work for him you know and i liked his stuff like you know i liked his Iceman, and i liked his you know the other work that he's done that's been great uh, for the big publishers. But then when he told me that he had this book that, that was like, he's like, yeah, it's done. <laughs> I mean, it's done. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's done. Um, so we're going to be, we're going to be announcing that and then premiering the ash can of it at the show. Um, both of which are going to be coming out, uh, in relatively early 2023. And we think are going to do quite well. Um, just because they're super awesome and the books themselves are super cool. And like, there's this whole like design element to what Luciano is doing. That's really neat. Oh, that's great. So yeah, we're really, really excited about both those projects and both and, and working with both those creators. I feel kind of terrible that I can't be there to, you know, hang out and at least, you know, buy them a beer or something <laughs> and toast, uh, to contracts all being signed and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, they're awesome. And that's what's kind of going on. Um, they're also going to be on a on a, on a crowdfunding panel, the two of them. Um, so yeah, there's just a, there's for a show I'm not at. There's a lot going on that I feel involved in. So um, yeah, so yeah, it's super exciting. It sure sounds like it. That's um, so and the masks I believe are required again. So hopefully there will be fewer people getting sick. Fewer fewer people getting COVID. The yeah. um, so the, obviously at a convention, you are talking to people and selling things, uh, you know, what, what, or maybe not selling things, but you're there to, to do that in theory for comics experience, or maybe just for creators in general, what's it like? I mean, what, it, obviously you're making books to sell people, right? And your publishing plan, I'm sure we don't want to go to maybe granular with it, but in the big picture, folks are taking books to sell at a show like what is there something that uh, a new comics person a new to comics person might benefit from hearing about as far as like hey think about it like this or i don't know maybe just in terms of like approaching to the show and like what you might want to see or well just the overall like i've got my book and maybe it's with cex maybe it's with a small publisher maybe it's self-published 
are there common pitfalls that you've seen? Maybe that's the short way to ask that question. Uh, in your experience, are there different things that, hey, if somebody was coming to you saying, it's my first show and I got these books and, you know. Yeah, I, th I well, so it, it, it's all situational, of course. But like, sure. I remember being an editor at Marvel and at IDW and people would come up and like, I'd be handed 60 books at right. a show. And and people, you know, hand you their book. They want you to take it home and read it. And I'm like, I can't. I got a short box worth of these. Like, yeah. A, I can't read them all. And B, like, I gotta get on a flight home and right. I'll have my carry on or whatever. So, um, you know, have something. You know, business cards are good because they don't take up any real space. Um, but 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 the thing is 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 we are there to interact. Right. Right. So one of the pitfalls I've seen is somebody who basically comes up to me on a show and is, and, and, you know, it's super nice. Like I totally get where it's coming from, but they're like, I really don't want to waste your time or I know your time is valuable and you're busy. So I don't want to take up your time here. Here's the place. Here's the place to take up their time. This is your, this is your chance to have, you know, and maybe it's only two minutes, right. Or maybe it's five minutes. Um, but like, it's a, it's okay to want to have a conversation with somebody and it, it would be incumbent on like, if you were approaching me that right, right. It would be incumbent on me to let you know, I don't have much time to give, yeah. you know, I'm on, I'm on booth duty. I can't right. be monopolized or whatever. We're usually pretty good about doing that without it sounding insulting because sure. it's not intended to be insulting. Um, but uh, but yeah, so sometimes I get people that are just like, they just want to hand me their card and like, literally that's it. I just wanted to give you my card. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then I, I take the card and then they like, Bow! they run off and I'm like, and then I'll look at their card and it'll be like, so-and-so, you know, writer, you mm -hmm. know, and I'll have their contact info. And I'm like, I'm, I'm probably not going to reach out to you just because you gave me a card that said you were a writer. Like, right. I, don't, I don't know anything more than that. So what I tell people if you're in there for the networking whether it's with publishers or with other creators you're an artist talking with writers or other artists or you're a writer try, talking with artists and other writers is try to at least have enough of a conversation that you that you get a sense of who that that the person is or the type of stuff that they like to work on or that kind of thing because that you just you want enough to i mean it's great if you have a whole you know 20 minute conversation that's fantastic like don't push for that to where you make somebody uncomfortable. But like if that situation opens up, great. But you want to try and have enough of a conversation that you know, A, is it worth following up with this person? Because you've got something, some sensibilities or whatever, uh, you know, aligned. And B, like what, where could you try and take that conversation when you do follow up with them? Um it's all like weird sort of strategic nonsense that in the moment no one thinks about or very few people do. Like it took me years to figure this stuff out. But like I now am pretty good at being like, oh, I've hit that point in the conversation where I know how to follow up. Mm -hmm. Right. We've got this thing in common or this interest in common or whatever. And I kind of know what to follow up with. If the conversation continues from there, great. But if it doesn't, I know I've got I've got a way to reach out. But just because you have a way to reach out doesn't mean that the conversation will continue. So, you know, use the, use it as best you can. The other thing I would say is don't force it. Whether you're trying to hand sell your comic or you're trying to, you, you really want to pitch something to, you know, Dark Horse Comics or DC Comics or whoever, like if, 
if the opening isn't there, don't kick the door in. That's right? a good, that's a really good tip. Cause uh, I think that you, you might not always know what to look for, but I think over time with any of those relationships that you're trying to build, you know, figuring out what's there uh, and let the other person inform that is a, is a huge thing to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of my, one of like one of the very few properties that I would like to work on that I have not is like aliens and predator and dark horse has had those comics forever. There's other places where you could interact with those franchises, like the film industry. Um, but I've never, I've never worked on those. I've worked on just about everything else that I've ever wanted to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, I had some meetings at DC and I, I met the, the, the editor at the time of, of those. And, you know, it was pretty clear from talking to him, like he had a plan in place. He had creators that, uh, that were in place and that he really liked working with. And it was just one of those conversations where like, man, I really wanted that door to be open, but it just wasn't. And not in a mean way, just in a like, Hey, he's got that covered, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, sort of thing. And then, um, and it wasn't too, too long after that, maybe a year later, I think they, the license left our course, but, um, but you know, like, I'm not going to, I'm not, it wasn't going to do me any good. Right. If I, you know, I could have probably like kicked that door in, like I was saying, and, and been like, but here's my pitch, you know, this, this thing will be awesome. Like, it'll totally change your mind and you'll completely change all of your publishing plans because this guy you hardly know is pitching it to you. Like, that's just not going to happen. Right. Um, so, you know, and that would have rubbed him the wrong way. And so I, I just said like, Hey, I'd love to continue the conversation later. And if something comes up and so, yeah, I shot him an email a couple of weeks later and just said, Hey, I'm just checking in. If there's opportunities to, to pitch something, like even if it's a side one shot or something like that, you know, I'd, I'd like to do that. And, um, you know, and that was as far as I could really take that without, without getting on somebody's nerves. Hopefully I didn't get on his nerves. Um, you know, so it's just, you know, it's reading the room is important, so to speak. Um, but yeah, and, and also like when you're trying to sell your comic, like it's, it's pretty intuitive. People are interested pretty quick or they're not. And if they're not, <laughs> again, don't force it. Like don't trap me there where I have to listen to your pitch to something that, you know, uh, you know, like <laughs> I've, I've had those situations where somebody's like, Hey, do you like such and such kind of comics? And I'm like, uh, yeah, not real. That's not really my, you know, <laughs> my, my bag. And then they, they, they corner me and they like try to convince me that this thing that I've already said I'm not interested in is something I'm really interested in. Go spend that energy on somebody who says, yeah, I, I dig those comics or I'm open to them. <laughs> but like, there are there are genres of comics that generally don't tend to interest me, which is not to say that I'll never like any of them, but I'm only going to give that a try after I've had several people that I know and trust tell me like, hey, you got to check this out. Yeah, sure. Like on its surface, a comic like Strangers in Paradise, it, it doesn't like instantly make me interested in it. But when I had enough people go, Terry Moore's great. Uh, the book is amazing. You've got to check it out. Well, finally, eventually I checked it out and yeah, now I've read the whole thing. Uh, and it is amazing and it is awesome. And I'm super glad I read it, but I never would have chosen that for myself. What, and the amount of, the amount of effort, not efforts, not the right word, but the amount of like information and the different ways I had to receive it 
for me to check it out. That's not going to happen from a stranger cornering me in a, in a, in a convention. Like it's not going to happen. Um, and if I do buy the book just because I'm trying to get rid of you, I am for sure never buying anything from you ever again and will avoid you like the plague next time I see. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, great. I think, um, you know, specificity can also really be your friend in those situations. If you are trying to reach out to, to have those new relationships form, um, going in and, and even in just, Hey, I, I have a fantasy book. Do you like fantasy? Is that something that, you know, you'd be a good fit for at dark horse? And no, that would actually be so-and-so they're a much better fit for fantasy. I like sci-fi and crime or whatever. Right. And, and having that, you know, we, we've talked about it before in episodes, having those, those pre-planned kind of specific detail-y uh, ideas in mind, the topics in mind can be really good if you're seeking out certain editors and certain, certain publishers to try to, to try to get with. So as far as, you know, I'm in a booth selling my comic that I, I've got a, a working relationship with a small publisher or I'm self-publishing or I'm through image. A, obviously having an elevator pitch, Hey, it's Harry Potter, except uh, darker, you know, what, whatever right. the, the pitch is, is always a good thing. Is there anything else that you found over the years of being around booths, seeing stuff in action to people, is there something that can kind of click in, in a reader, a potential reader's head to go, oh, you know, hey, for 10 bucks, you get five issues or anything that sort of jumps yeah. out at you? <laughs> Excuse me. So for a while we had um, for about two years, we had a, a comics experience, had like a publishing partnership with, um, with SourcePoint Press. And we would go and we would kind of set up at their, their they give us you know a spot on their booth and we're trying to sell the books. Um hand selling books like that is not my i've said that before on the show like that's that's not me um but it's something that's it's a useful skill to develop nonetheless and and so the couple of things that i've learned that work pretty well is you know i'll stand basically i'll stand either to the side of the table or usually behind the table and as people come by i'll just try and reach out and say hey are you a fan of such and such a thing that might be similar to something we have on the table or you know some shows you know there's so much going on that's not comics like sometimes the question is just do you read comics <laughs> can, and then can i t would you mind if i told you about yeah bars you know and then you know if i've got an array of books say i've got six different titles on there i can say hey are do you like something more like this or more like this? Like, do you like sci-fi? Do you like horror? Do you like romance? Do you like whatever, whatever we got on the table. And then from there I, I can, I kind of hone in on the book. And then if it's a mini series or something like that, you know, it, it's going to be, you know, probably, you know, cover price unless it's like a limited edition thing or something. And then, you know, I'll try, you know, if it's a four shoot mini series, I'll try and I'll try and kind of do some sort of deal. Like, Oh, normally it's, you know, 16 bucks, but, you know, if you buy all four right now, I'll give it to you for 12. You know, the last issue's free. Right, right. You know, some, something like that, which was actually really interesting. When I started CEX, the publishing company, which is separate from Comics Experience, was, there was a really interesting thing that we figured out relatively quickly but caused a ton of work, sort of legal work, contract work, is that the original way that I had written a contract made doing that kind of thing, like on the fly, nearly impossible because of the way we were calculating and reporting royalties. Gotcha. So we would have had to have like written down every, you know, exactly what we did with every issue because it was, it was, you know, and how, oh, we, we actually, we did, we did a 
buy four get a fifth comic free thing you know and then i i couldn't do that because then which comic was free and how do i report that on the royalty report to that creator versus this creator so like it wound up being this sort of thing where i was just like i can't train people to write all that down and track it down and there's no way we would because at a show like you know you might be you might be doing this a lot and you can't just be sitting there with a clipboard like taking five minutes to write this all down when you could be selling books and blah, blah, blah. So we actually had to rearrange uh, how we how we do our royalties for folks to, to simplify it. It's still fair. It's still a really good deal. But we had to simplify it to give us room to maneuver so that we could do something like that on the fly. And all I have to record is the quantity that we sold. I don't have to say, oh, instead of, you know, instead of those being five or four dollars each, they were actually three dollars each and having to record that like granular level of detail for royalty reporting. Now I can just do the quantity sold and they get their royalty based on the number. Now, that means that if I discount at all, that discount is 100 percent coming off of CEX. The creator is still getting their for, for their full royalty and those. But it actually makes the accounting so much easier. It's worth doing it that way for us. Nice. That was a super long-winded answer. Hey, I I'm curious. But but know, it's but, but that's like one of those things that like you just wouldn't think about when you're writing your contract or when you're signing a contract. Yeah, totally. But I think it makes sense. Uh, lots of different things to think about uh, a convention. Not, set aside the logistics of getting from here to there if you don't live in the city, and are going to uh, <laughs> take going the to subway. There's a new there's a new subway station nearby there now, so it's much easier to get to. Oh, that sounds great. I used to have to hoof it to Penn Station. That's how I remembered it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they opened up the, and now I'm blanking on the name of it, but they opened up the one that's like a block away. Oh, that's terrific. I, I did not it realize really that. Nice. Well, that's why people yeah. tune in. They get all their travel tips on the Comics Experience Make Comics podcast. It's a, as it's they a travel show. It's a travel, travel show. show. Speaking of traveling, Baltimore Comic Con, you're going to be at, and that's in yes. October. So that's coming up. Uh, is that it for you and conventions this year? Uh, Yeah, that'll probably wrap it up because then after that, we're heading into the holiday season. And yeah, that'll probably be it for me. Baltimore will be my last one for the for the year. Q3, Q4, here we go. <laughs> Let's get all those finances in order. Yeah. Uh, anything else that folks should look out related to Comics Experience or CX Publishing? You know, we just started a round of uh, our intro classes, um, so that's great. Uh, we've got the editing and project management classes coming up. Um, we're taking people are signing up for that one already, which is great. Um, and, you know, if you're if you or you know someone who's written your comic and is, you know, ready to like you want it to look and be professional, which uh, isn't super cheap uh, to hire artists and stuff. You know, we do do the creative services, which I don't talk about very often. But um, like if you come to us with a script, you know, we can we can project manage it, find the artists, hire them. We pay them. Um, and, you know, obviously we charge the client for that. But um but yeah, we do that for for an array of clients, corporate clients, you know, individual people. Um, we do a lot of short stories for individuals because it can be it can be pricey. I mean, you're talking about hiring an entire team of people. Yeah. You know, artists, colorists, letterer, the editor, project manager here, and you know, finding artists is not exactly a a, a not time consuming. So. Um, <clears throat> You know, people come to us and we tend to do shorter stories for them, stuff that they can take to a show and showcase or they can do a small print run or a Kickstarter of or whatever, start getting their name out there and seeing how people react to their work. And, um, 
and then we do, you know, we do bigger projects too. We've done projects that have been published by multiple publishers and we've done projects that, uh, you know, for corporate clients and stuff like that for various promotional reasons or whatever. But we run the kind of the whole gamut and we, we try to be available for people whose budgets aren't, you know, aren't massive. There's, um, and everything that we do also, unless for some reason you stipulate otherwise, um, you know, would be work for hire. Um, so if you're the client, you would actually own all of the work um, when it is when it is done. Great. Yeah, that's that's something I think we've touched on a little bit in the past, but not something that we talk about uh, super frequently. Well, if yeah. you have anything you'd like to hear discussed on the show, email info at comicsexperience.com. You can also go to comicsexperience.com where there's always something happening 24-7. Uh, on the creators workshop side, as well as being able to see what's um, what's coming up as far as classes. And then, of course, there's episodes of the podcast you can always get there and the script archive where you can see different writers and different scripts and a lot more. So great, great resource if you're new to making comics or want to see some more process stuff or, or mixing it up. So have a great New York Comic Con if you're headed that way and uh, look for that subway stop. We'll be reviewing uh, more subway stops in our our big 250th episode coming up uh, next episode. It's uh, pretty much going to be all MTA. Just going to be where you can go and how you can get there. All right. Until next time, keep making comics.